I've been watching Chernobyl on HBO, which was something I knew about from high school, and it always kind of fascinated me because yeah. I didn't quite understand nuclear energy or radiation or any of that stuff, um, or like the effects of large doses of radiation <laughs> and what it can do to someone. Yeah. So there was a scene uh, last. There was a scene last week. And if you haven't watched the show, I don't think this is spoiling anything because you can read about it in a history book. (laughs) But what's special about the show is you, even though you know about it, you're watching these things and it's affecting you because you know that these things are happening to these people, but they don't know it yet. So that's why the show is terrifying, um, but also very well done. So the people that like went in and helped to stop the spread of the radiation, they were called the liquidators. Mm Mm-hmm. So, last week, there was an episode, or the episode, there was several scenes where they, first of all, they needed X number of men, Mm -hmm. and it was like hundreds of thousands of men to help stop this, and they basically knew that it was going to be certain death, maybe not eventually, maybe not suddenly, but eventually. Yeah. And one of the task force were for um, the... control of the spread of radiation in domesticated animals Hmm. so they had evacuated all the people and they told these people that they'd be able to come back and collect their belongings um but what they did is they went in and killed people's pets oh wow so there's like a scene where this young boy who was had no military experience had just like basically been for lack of better word drafted Mm -hmm. to this job and he's told by an one like basically his mentor like you don't let them suffer. Yeah. You shoot them and if you don't kill them you shoot them again. So what branch of the military is this? Like is is it the Soviet? Well, I mean it's Soviet Union so I don't know anything right. about their military. Uh, yeah, but I was just yeah. But like okay. they're basically mm-hmm. imagine similar to I know that they have ranks and different, but like yeah. even their firefighters were considered like oh, part wow. of like a military force. And okay. so their rank was, yeah. you know, dependent upon that because mm-hmm. it was a communist country. Right. Um, but yeah, so these, but this was something like the guy in the show that's like his mentor is talking about like, because after the scene where he walks in and he, well, he shoots a dog and he realizes he didn't kill him right away and he like hesitates and the oh. other guy comes up and he like shoots him. He's like, I told you don't let them suffer. Like, yeah. I told you I'd fucking kill you. He's like, I've killed people. I will kill you if you let these animals suffer. Oh, like, God, that's awful. It was terrible. But he says he's like, afterwards, the guy is, they have to go in and like, they say like, you shoot, when you come out, you fire a shot, all the dogs start barking and all the dogs that run to you, you shoot. That's an easy target. The rest of the dogs are going to run into their home for protection. And then we go door to door and we <laughs> kill these dogs and cats yeah. or whatever. And then he says, we load them up in the back of the truck and then we dump them and pour concrete over them. And so awful because you can't cremate them. 
Right. Because that'll spread radiation. I was wondering about that when you were talking in the last episode. So cremation would no. spread the radiation? Yeah. Oh, okay. I wondered about that. Like, yeah. Like the safest. It's crazy. So, Jesus. and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Because that's what really, I mean, all of this is fascinating, heartbreaking to me and terrifying and all those other things. But the part of, you know, especially doing this podcast that interested me and I only stumbled upon it because I started thinking like, wait. How does somebody that has radiation sickness get handled? Yeah. In a funeral home or yeah. do they get an autopsy or, you know, whatever. Like, how do you research medically what happened to them if they are spreading radiation? Yeah. Or have the potential to and you don't know. So I, uh, in that scene though, he, they go door to door and he, the young boy is like walking up the stairs and he hears puppies and he's like, fuck. And so he sees these puppies and you can imagine but he hesitates. And so the older guy's like, go outside. And then you just hear shots firing. Mm. And the guy, so he's sitting there at the table with him and he's like, the, he was like, it doesn't matter if it's an animal or a person. The first time you kill something, you're a changed person. And he's like, and that's how it feels. He was like, when I was in Iraq, uh, the first time I killed someone, and this is in 1986. Mm-hmm. It's like, I remember the first time I killed someone and I thought I can never go back. And he was like, until you realize that's who you were all along. Mm. And so it's just this like deep, like God, the emotional turmoil these people are going through, but they're doing what they had to do. So there's this article that was written on people.com that, t- cause there were so many articles after this episode aired. Yeah. That were even the creators of the show said, we understand if there's some scenes you can't watch. Yeah. This, this episode, like just turn it's your right away. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. So, um, HBO's new series Chernobyl is attracting viewers for its fascinating bleak look at the 1986 nuclear reactor failure at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant near the Soviet Union city of Pripyat, now Ukrainian ghost town near the Ukraine-Belarus border. For some dog lovers, things got too bleak on Monday's episode of the show, which showed workers known as liquidators shooting dogs left behind at the exclusion site surrounding the power plant to prevent the spread of radiation contamination. Mm. Likely figuring some might have thought he played up this tragic scene for more drama. One of Chernobyl's creators, Greg Mazin, I think that's how you say it, addressed the show's dog deaths on Twitter on the same day the episode aired. I know that was hard. Just so there's no confusion, the story of the liquidators is real. It happened. And we actually toned it down for the, from the full story. Oh, God. War leaves all kind of scars. These were the things men were ordered to do. And then it goes on and on. And it says, SPCA International, an animal welfare organization working to help the stray dogs living near Chernobyl today, backed up the claims, adding that many evacuees believed they would be reunited with the pets they were forced to leave behind, pets that were later exterminated by liquidators. When thousands of people were forced to evacuate Chernobyl in 1986, they were allowed to take only what they could carry. They were told they would be home soon, so most people left their pets behind with a little extra food and water. Unfortunately, these families were never allowed to return for their beloved cats and dogs, as PCA International writes on their site. Oh my gosh. According to the organization, and this is going to get heavy. According to the organization, some dogs chased after their owners to follow them onto evacuation buses, but soldiers pushed them away. Dog owners also reportedly left notes on their doors begging the government to spare their pets' lives, but that didn't stop officials from trying to kill as many of their remaining animals as possible. In the years since, however, the descendants of these dogs have bred and multiplied. 
SPSA International is now caring for the modern-day descendants of the canines and cats that survived Chernobyl and the liquidators. Once relegated to a difficult life of health issues and sparse resources, these animals now receive food, medical care, vaccines, and sterilizations. Thanks to the SPC International and their partner, and their partner, the Clean Futures Fund. Through the, this partnership, through this partnership, Chernobyl got its first bit of good news in years. Mm. Clean Futures Fund worked diligently to test radiation levels of these animals. They found that the majority of the animals don't pose a radiation threat to humans. Thanks to these very low radiation levels, Clean Futures Fund and SPCA International worked with the Ukrainian government to pave the way for 15 puppies to be removed from the nuclear exclusion zone. SPCA, SPCA International shared on May 29th. In 2018, the 15 puppies, the first animals or objects to be allowed to leave the nuclear exclusion zone since its creation, were placed in loving forever homes in the United States. Oh, wow. A groundbreaking success for the pets of Chernobyl. Wow. So, yeah, like I was reading that and I was... I was devastated thinking about these these puppies and also just oh my god like the the mental turmoil that takes on someone yeah. to have to go in and kill a pet it's weird i feel like it'd be easier to kill a human than it would be to kill an animal yeah because at least a, a human just sort of un, i don't know understands what the game well, is and a human's probably done things wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> like done some <laughs> shitty things and also like yeah you're not gonna like in war Mm-hmm. and I could I mean not everyone is this way but like in war I'd like to think I'd be killing the bad guy yeah do you know what I mean or that'd be your mental headspace yeah. these pets were victims yeah and but they're the resources are limited so I also think uh, about the people leaving thinking uh, they're gonna get to come back and then I, thinking the pets are thinking that I've been abandoned I'm putting myself in that position of like all right, I I, ha- I have no choice but to leave you. Yeah. And then to know that I didn't get to, like, say goodbye and, like, oh, my God, it's just so fucking sad. And then, like, I, like, how long was it before these people realized, oh, my God, my pets have been killed? Yeah. Like, that sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, we were talking about um the how this kind of spiked my interest for... The management of the deceased in radiation emergencies. Hmm. So um, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has, um, I guess, a part of, well, I don't know, so a sect. Before you, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Before this podcast, is that something you would have thought about watching the Chernobyl documentary? No, because watching the Chernobyl... <laughs> oh, not the documentary. The, yeah, the, the show. show. Watching Chernobyl, yeah. I um, I was very struck by the scene where they're burying the first mm-hmm. responders and realizing like they have no dignity in their death, but they did the most dignified thing. Like they... Mm-hmm. Went in, and granted, a lot of them didn't know that they were basically throwing themselves into certain death. Right. You know, but they still died in a very heroic way. And they were thrown in the ground and covered and welded shut in zinc coffins and poured concrete over them. Yeah. You know, in a mass grave. So that was like jarring to me, but that was watching that show. That's when I started going, oh man, I could probably talk about this on funeral stories. Yeah. And honestly, I was like going through my own shit 
watching yeah. that like oh my god that's horrible that's horrible this is terrifying i hope this never fucking happens yeah. again you know just like this fear and anxiety that i have and so yeah I, this i would have never but yeah like wondering about the handling of bodies is that something you no that's only about? something that popped up like in yeah. my mind after doing my research about the graves right. hmm. because there wasn't a lot like i said before there wasn't a lot of information about the funerals that these people received or how they were <laughs> because buried. it was also hush hush exactly nothing so here. nothing is here don't worry about that <laughs> so the u.s department of health and human services has i guess a sect i don't know what to be called a i don't know <laughs> they have a part of them called rim radiation division? emergency yeah division thank you radiation emergency medical management and so they go on and they say, like it's broken down in bullet points. It says, deceased persons with exposure to radiation, but no contamination. Okay. Mm-hmm. No radiation specific precautions are needed. Use standard, standard autopsy procedures. Okay. Survey equipment used to check bodies for contamination. <laughs> Directional probes are preferred when checking bodies for contamination. High range... Geiger-Mueller probe detects gamma only. Low-range GM pancake probe detects alpha-beta-gamma. Sodium iodide probe detects gamma only. Use of directional probes help to ensure that the measured radiation is from the surface being checked. Okay. So that makes me think of, like, people that are getting radiation for Mm -hmm. cancer treatment or something like that. Handling of the deceased. In a radiological nuclear event... (laughs) Radioactive materials may contaminate the deceased. Evaluating the deceased with appropriate radio or radiation survey meters can confirm or rule out contamination. Advice from a health physicist would be useful. <laughs> Literally what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, hold on. Witch or whistle. So, type of event may dictate timing of handling the deceased. If cause of death secondary to nuclear weapon detonation, consider delaying recovery of remains for one to two days to allow decay of fission products. This is like on U.S. Health Department website. If cause of death secondary to explosive radiological dispersal device, RDD, a.k.a. dirty bomb, in quotes, no benefit to delaying recovery of remains. (laughs) If the deceased is known or suspected to be contaminated... Personnel engaged in handling of the body should be issued personal protective equipment and a personal decimeter. So that's the thing that... Yeah. And it measures the Ronkins. Um, All persons coming into contact with the deceased should be aware that other, more acutely hazardous agents may be present. Non-radiological contaminant hazards, e.g. chemical agents, (laughs) may necessitate use of higher levels of PPE. So that's the personal protective equipment. Disaster Mortuary Response Teams, DMORTS, from HHS slash NDMS may be available to assist. And it has different links to what those teams do, which I think is probably super interesting. Then it says, Field Morgue Procedures. Conduct radiation survey of each body coming into field morgue using a radiation survey meter and probe, sweeping one inch away from the body surface. Descendants without measurable levels of external contamination. Confirm absence of contamination by conducting complete radiation survey of the body. Transport body directly to city morgue or to uncontaminated field morgue following complete radiation survey. Then, descendants with measurable levels of contamination. Less than 
100 millirem an hour may be pr- processed in field morgue. Remove and safely store radioactive shrapnel ASAP. Conduct forensic examination and victim identification. Decontaminate descendant prior to release of body. So more than 100 millirem an hour. Move to a refrigeration unit. Storage of bodies reading <laughs> greater than 100 M rim an hour will help ensure safety of morgue staff. Refrigerator should be <laughs> refrigerator refrigerator should be at least thirty feet away from work area. Radiation safety officer or health physicist will help determine how long to store the body based on rate of decay of fission products. Release descendants with internal contamination to funeral home. Lady bo- label body with dose rate, distance of probe, date and time. Autopsies of contaminated patients. Do not autopsy internally contaminated bodies unless absolutely necessary. Jeez. Pathologists performing the autopsy may receive significant radiation dose to the hands. If autopsy is absolutely necessary, refrigerate descendant and defer the procedure until a health physicist can assist in planning. Then tie to cinder blocks and throw in the ocean. (laughs) Exactly. Bury in concrete. (laughs) Like, not even in the ocean. We we don't want to eat those fish. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I I wouldn't be surprised if the U.S. government... (laughs) It's all we don't know. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Try it. We'll see. Put it on the next next spaceship and yeah. have them dump it out. Let's we're we've already fucked up Earth enough. Yeah. Let's fuck up space now. <laughs> Just <sighs> kill everything. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Basically. Embalming and funeral home guidelines. Embalming guidelines. Embalming increases radiation dose to funeral home staff. Avoid embalming or working near descendants with unknown dose rates. Minimize radiation dose to funeral funeral home staff by burying descendants without embalming whenever possible. Okay. Embalming is necessary if descendant to be shipped by common carrier or if there is to be open casket funeral service with a viewing. Body body fluids may be drained into the sewer. (laughs) Okay. That's good to know. So... If you procreate with radiation poisoning, does your kid just like not happen or can you pass it on to? So, th- okay. Granted, more research is needed. Right. But when a, a, I know this, this is what I do know. When a pregnant woman is exposed to radiation, mm-hmm. the baby absorbs the radiation for her. Mm-hmm. So she is likely to not be affected. Wow. But the baby will either die upon birth or be born with serious birth defects. That is nuts. Yeah. And that's why, like, when you... It's that's like why, a lightning rod for well, radiation? Well, that's why, like, if a pregnant woman breaks their leg, they are not going to give you an x-ray. Right. They're like, sorry. Yeah. You probably have a broken leg. Yeah. But, like... But uh, just keep it propped up until the baby comes. My mom bro- broke her leg when she was pregnant with me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so, no, you can't... The baby absorbs the radiation. That's so crazy. Yeah. But the woman and is basically unaffected. And that has happened many unaffected. a times. Many a times that's happened. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Funeral home guidelines. Funeral home dire- directors may reject radioactively contaminated descendants not properly decontaminated, i.e. with loose surface contamination or shrapnel. Encourage rapid burial of internally contaminated descendants. Encourage conducting a memorial service without the body to minimize radiation dose to mourners and funeral home staff. Special family circumstances, emotional, religious, cultural, may dictate conduct of funeral service with the body present. Family and friends in close contact with the descendant are at risk. For contamination and or exposure. 
encourage family and friends to minimize time with and increase distance from the descendant. Closed casket funeral or cordon? 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 Oh. Hmm. around open casket may help minimize risk of contamination or exposure. Potential contamination slash exposure risk is small, but not zero cremation of contaminated patients. And this is literally all it says. Do not cremate internally contaminated descendants. Radioactive contamination of facility and environment is highly likely. Jeez. Burial. Burial of a body with internal contamination constitutes only minimal health risk to humans or the environment. Minimizing release of radioactive material into the environment is good practice, even if the amounts are very small. Coffin casket types. Wooden coffin casket. Not sealed against elements entering or exiting the container. You should be avoided. (laughs) Metal coffin or casket. Preferred. Has a seal that releases pressure from inside the casket and retards entry of groundwater. I hope I said that right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's our word. (laughs) I know it's a verb, but... (laughs) I'm sweating. Yeah, it's like flame retardant. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but I don't even like saying that. I know, I don't know. Flame are worded. Vaults <laughs> <laughs> are used to encase the metal casket. Maybe metal or concrete. Optimizing a tight seal is key to effective vault use. For dose rates measured on a vault, exterior of greater than 100 counts per minute, CPM above background or greater than twice background, bury casket and vault in ground and not above ground. Affix discrete radiation warning label to exterior vault indicating dose rate from buried descendant and date and time of measurement. It's crazy. And then it says shipping contaminated remains. Common carriers may reject radioactively contaminated descendants not properly decontaminated, i.e. with loose surface contamination or shrapnel. Ship descendants in a sealed shipping container to prevent release of radioactive material into the environment. And then label outside of container in accordance with 49 Code of Regulation CFR 172. so yeah that's um one of the things and then when we were or that's the whole like guidelines of management of the deceased and radiation emergencies and then there was this cautionary tale (laughs) god body of a cancer patient left radioactive material at arizona crematorium uh this was posted on gizmodo an Arizona crematorium was contaminated with radiation after the cremation of a patient who'd received radiopharmaceutical treatment, according to a new case study. Radioactive materials have a variety of uses in medicine, obviously. But then it says, um, exposure to radiation contamination after the cremation of a patient who received radiopharmaceutical treatment is especially important here in the United States, where the cremation rate is higher than 50%. Hmm. The case study documents a 69-year-old man with an uncommon tumor in his pancreas who received a radioactive treatment intravenously called lutetium-177 dutatate. (laughs) Cool. Oh, Uh, yeah. I know exactly. Yep. Took one last night. (laughs) Yep. That was great. Great high. (laughs) That was awful. He unexpectedly died two days later at a different hospital from where he was receiving his radiation treatment. That hospital did not tell the funeral home... About his radiation treatment, and he was created five days later. By the way, failed to mention he's literally seeping radiation from his pores. <laughs> cool, literally. Oh. Once the researchers found out about the case, they asked the Arizona Bureau of Radiation Control whether there were regulations in place for these situations. Guess what? There wasn't. By the way, I love that they call it like radiation therapy. 
like yeah trying to rebrand what this no, no, shit no, no, no. that they're doing to we're you dumping is. this into your your veins <laughs> yes. we're trying to kill the cancer without killing you first but you're still gonna die yeah maybe Nuts. from radiation yeah because we don't it's not research enough shit that is scary man yeah uh the researchers tested a crematorium's a crematorium employee's urine to determine whether the operator had inadvertently been exposed to the radioactive lutetium from the treatment. Indeed, the equipment set off the Geiger counter used to measure the radiation with a maximum exposure of 7.5 mR per hour when the counter was touching the equipment. That's nearly 200 times the average radiation experienced by humans living at sea level with the caveat uh, that radiation exposure decreases quickly with distance. So the operator would not receive that level exposure just from standing in the room. Also, lutetium decays into non-radioactive elements. So after about two months, there would be no detectable levels of radiation, said Nelson. The crematory operator had none in his urine, but the researchers did find a tidy amount of radiopharmaceutical treatment, technetium 99M, <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps from cremating someone else. The crematorium operator had never had that, whatever it was called, 99M, administrated as part of a procedure. Um, and then it goes on and said, the researchers noted that the operator probably didn't receive more than the exposure limit set by Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Still, according to the study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, further studies are needed to evaluate the frequency and scope of radiation contamination and health effects of repeated or long-term exposure of employees in crematoriums in the United States. Okay. So, this could very much be a big problem. Yeah. That we're not giving enough attention to, especially with the the vast amount of people that are get, receiving chemotherapy and radiation. Yeah. So, th there there was a lot online about, like, this is a cautionary tale and this is needs to be talked about. Because if you're, let's just say, Waycross, Georgia, mm -hmm. where people are get, getting cancer at alarming rates. Yes. Because which of is a the real contaminated thing, groundwater. Which we should possibly. talk about that yeah. article that was just released in the AJC. What? I haven't Josh seen Josh Sharp wrote it. What? And it's all, or no, it wasn't in AJC. It was in a magazine, like a Georgia magazine. Uh -huh. And it was like the cover story. And it was about Waycross. Because apparently they've sent people in and they're like, oh, nope, you're good. Like, just a bunch of kids getting cancer. It's a cover-up. Yeah. It's definitely a cover-up. Wow. I didn't know that this happened. Yeah, right. It's crazy. But like in places like that, like crematoriums there. Yeah. If they're cremating many people with that have received radiation to kill their cancer, mm -hmm. they're in turn could be giving themselves cancer. Yeah. And it's an important thing to talk about. Yeah. So... I don't know, man. Chernobyl was fucking sad. Yeah. It was a real, real fucking bummer. Big downer. Yeah. Big downer. God, my eyelashes drive me crazy and I haven't <laughs> cried yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess we'll wrap that up. I want to do more research on this because it is fascinating to me. But um, I guess I'll end this on if you haven't seen Chernobyl, watch it. Mm -hmm. There were th some things I, I left out because... There were some stories that were true, but I had not known, and I didn't find out about it until I, like, that it was a real thing until I had started researching this. Yeah. And it was jarring and upsetting and awful, and I just, everyone should um, watch this show. And this is the importance of having safety regulations and, like, I don't know, just fucking make yourself aware. 
Yeah. And to all of our funeral home workers out there and people that listen to this podcast that work in crematoriums, I don't know, but I don't know what to tell you, but like, we're here for you. And yeah. maybe there should be more shit done to prevent yeah. you from getting yeah, to radiation protect poisoning. Because that's insane. It's insane. Mercury poisoning. I mean, who knew that? <laughs> right? I mean, but you got to think you're burning bodies that are just spend their life absorbing bad shit. Yeah. But I mean, you don't think about that no. in the moment. No. And, yeah. and the thing is, is, like, I guess the mercury, like a proper ventilation system can prevent that. But radiation's not going to help shit. No. I mean, uh, ventilation's not going to help radiation. And also, it'll, it theoretically could just spread radiation. Yeah. People that are receiving high doses of radiation mm-hmm. for extended periods and then their body's being burned. That shit doesn't just go away. Well, that's what I wondered if, you know, does the fire help neutralize no. everything? So well, think it about it. Chernobyl in. was on fire. Yeah. And it was yeah just true sending shit into the air it was sending the radiation into the air yeah the smoke and the wind was carrying it Mm -hmm. for hundreds of miles yeah i mean it makes sense serious yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's it's just it's crazy so i don't know and you said something about the liquidation and poured into the groundwater was another what was that you said something about the bodies being liquefied no 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 they just called the people that the first responders and the those were called the Chernobyl liquidators. But I thought you said something about there were not the one of the disposal methods was something about being poured into the groundwater. No, you didn't. No, they put they sealed uh, in vaults that okay. yeah to avoid. Or maybe you said that that was something that could. I mean, I was just wondering if that with the new whatever it's called, where they liquefy your body like radiation. Like, mm-hmm. It affects every cell in your body. Mm-hmm. And so the literally the only way to dispose of human and or animal remains and even any sort of bio- biological life, yeah. plants, whatever, you have to dump them in concrete and seal them shut. Which seems like the worst, I mean, the best of the terrible options. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're still I mean, putting something. Well, and like the people that were buried, mm-hmm. they uh, from the last episode where I talked about, they put them in these coffins, welded them shut, poured concrete over them, and then gave them headstones. But then there is a, it is barked off like mm-hmm. significantly and says, has signs of radio, act, like radioactivity and caution, like do not enter. And yeah, it's just crazy. The other thing that I wanted to bring this up. So their plan for Chernobyl, that uh, number four uh, reactor, they put it, it took, I think, three years and something like 750,000 men. Mm -hmm. And they finally enclosed it in a sarcophagus, (laughs) which I thought was funny because we all know that word. Sarcophagus. Yeah. (laughs) But the uh, sarcophagus a couple of years ago started developing cracks. And, like, they were afraid it would be releasing radiation into the air. Yeah. So they need they had to create a fund, like a Chernobyl fund, to raise money to repair it. And I couldn't find anything else on it. Hmm. About it online. If it's been repaired or yeah. if they're just hmm. dumping radiation into the air. I don't know. Because <laughs> that shit's going to be active for... I think it was something like the half-life of one of these chemicals was, like, 30 years. And some of them were... 
But once they get into the groundwater, yeah, twenty thousand years, like it's crazy. That is absolutely radiation's nuts. wild. That's why we should look at um, alternative green energy methods. No for kidding, energy. It's totally possible. Um, guys. Windmills sounds great. I love. I, Wait, what was it, what was it? Trump said about windmills? They cause cancer. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I mean, how many times have we said that during his presidency? Let's be real. <laughs> Oh, that may be one of the dumbest statements I've heard yet. Oh, yep. my gosh. Yep, I'm going to Google it now. I have to know what would be causing radio. Uh, I mean, causing can't. What in the actual fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Trump claims wind turbine noise causes cancer. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. I don't know how you didn't hear about this. Yeah, I swear to God. President because Trump I like to Tuesday. try to keep my sanity by not reading every <laughs> fucking thing that I think pops up because like I can't believe people reasons. don't just realize that he's obviously just trying to protect his interest in how is that not the yeah, most traditional obvious thing I don't President I don't Trump understand. on Tuesday stepped up his attacks against wind power <laughs> claiming that the structures decrease property values and that the noise they emit causes cancer if you have a windmill anywhere near your house, congratulations. Your house just went down 75% in value. And they say the noise causes cancer. The president said while delivering remarks at the National Republican Congressional, Congressional Committee's annual spring dinner. He offered no ev- evidence to support the claim. The president also said wind turbines are a graveyard for birds. And you know, if you love birds, you never want to walk under a windmill because it's a sad, sad sight, he said. <laughs> Though the Department of Energy has noted that bird deaths from the structures are rare. What <laughs> in the actual fuck? Bad news, it goes on and on. So I'll just stop. <laughs> oh, that is one of the dumbest things I've heard yet. It's not great. <laughs> the alternative is nuclear power this is plant. literally a meltdown where the effects will be here for 20,000 years or more. At least 20,000 years. Well, but I really don't want to decrease my property value. And I like birds. And birds are cool. And I don't want a sad, sad sight. (laughs) I'd rather have to send people in to kill the birds. (laughs) Once the plant melts down. My grandma had a bird bath at her house, and that was one of the things where I said, you know, I I would like to have... Nobody else is going to... It's just a very basic concrete bird bath right mm-hmm. so if nobody wants that bird bath i'd like to have it because that was one of her favorite things to do in her final sit. days is mm-hmm. sit there and watch the birds and i love i mean you know I, I love birds and so we got it and it's at my mom's house and we need to get it to our house so i was talking to gary saying we need to get your truck one day and go to mom's to pick up uh to pick up the bird bath and he said the bird bath <laughs> i said yeah my grandma's bird he had, no, he had no idea what it was. No, he knew oh, what it okay, was, okay. but he was just like, why are we going to your mom's to get a bird bath? And I said, it was my grandma's and, you know, we can put it in our yard. And he just kind of kept looking at me. <laughs> I said, you know, so we can put it in our yard and watch the birds take a bath. He said, why are we responsible for bathing the birds? <laughs> <laughs> just He would support windmills. Being Gary. The wind turbines. <laughs> Just like, he's like i don't know let's just kill the birds uh, let's put a, instead instead of putting a bird bath let's put a wind turbine in our backyard just one we'll generate the energy for our whole house oh, that Lord. ocean breeze 
I can't wait to hear. Actually, I can. I don't. I don't want to know how solar panels might oh. be giving us cancer. Yeah, uh, think about it. It's the sun, to, according to Trump, it's the sun. I mean, the sun literally gives you cancer. So there you go. But <laughs> say no more. Say no more. We just proved putting it. solar panels on your house is going to give you melanoma. Mm-hmm. Or worse, brain cancer. Oh my! Because you think you're so smart. Goodness, <laughs> think you're so smart. Idiot. He's he's not he's not a smart man. Ugh. Yeah. I just I hurt in my bones. <laughs> it hurts in my bones also. In my brain. Yeah, it's not good. Not good at all. So I don't know. How do we wrap this one up? <laughs> um. I kind of want to say stay away from wind turbines. And nuclear power plants. And nuclear power. Because they'll both kill you, apparently. Because it all ends in a funeral. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Funeral Stories is produced by Seth and Molino. And music is by John Pope. Check out our website and blog by going to www.funeralstories.com. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Funeral Stories and on Instagram at Funeral underscore Stories. Donate to our cause on Patreon to unlock subscriber rewards. And please don't forget to send your funeral stories to funeralstoriespodcast at gmail.com or hello at funeralstories.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes and listen on your preferred podcasting service. Thanks, guys. Bye.